Have you ever had that little voice inside of you asking, is that all there is? Is this all there is? Is this the way I'm living my life, which looks really good on the surface? And it is good. I'm a success by anybody's measure. But there's something missing. If you've had that experience or are having that experience, you might want to listen into this episode. My guest teaches women in the second half how to have a kick-ass next chapter. This is the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast for women over 50 who have a lot of living yet to do, who want to enjoy the ride for as long as they can in good health and with a sense of humor, maybe a little wine. I'm Gregory Ann Cox, and I believe it's time to bust the myth that aging equals decline in every area of life. Nonsense. I would say something else, but I'll keep it clean for now. Aging happens, but it doesn't have to ruin your life. You just need to get a little rebellious in your approach. Today, we're going to do a little ass kicking with Jennifer Arthurton. She is the owner of a business called Old Chicks No Shit, which is one of my favorite new names for a business ever. (laughs) She's going to help us understand how to do that. What do you call it? Your kick ass next chapter. Jennifer, welcome. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me. I wanted you on this podcast because you have one of those stories that a lot of people will relate to and didn't just wake up after it and say, I'm going to become this person who teaches people how to be kick-ass. So tell us a little bit about your journey. Yeah. So I was like most of us women living very busy lives, very driven and ambitious. I was a wife. I was a mother. I was a corporate executive. I traveled a lot for my job. I had amazing benefits and perks. But Sometimes I would find myself in a boardroom and there would be this little voice inside that would be like, is this it? Is this really all there is? Is this what I've worked so hard for? But, you know, I did like everybody did. I went to school, got good marks, got into a good college, got a good job, worked my way up the ranks. And looking back now, I realized I never, ever really stopped to check in to see whether it was what I wanted to do. It was just what is expected, right? That was what was rewarded. And so when that little voice would come up, I would brush it aside and be like, okay, you got a job to do, get back to work. And then in the year leading up to my 50th birthday, I found myself divorced, unemployed, empty nester. So my daughter moved four hours away to go to school and I was bedridden with a stress-related illness. And so all of the identities of who I thought I was in the world, wife, mother, corporate executive. At that time, I was like a really avid gym goer. Like all of that was basically stripped from me in a relatively short space of time. Mm -hmm. And I found myself most days lying in my bed because I couldn't get out of bed questioning, like, who am I really? If I'm not all of those things, who am I? And what is it that I even want for my life? And the scary thing was, is I didn't have any answers. I had no idea who I was because I had molded and shaped myself into what was expected of me, Mm -hmm. right? And it was like screaming into the void and there's nothing coming back, just silence. And so it was a long period of time actually where I threw myself a big old pity party. I was comparing myself to everybody on the planet going, why are their lives just going along unscathed? Like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I hold it together? (laughs) And sinking lower and lower and really having to come to terms with myself. I started to recognize, well, this is your life. You created it. (laughs) That means you can also make something different of it if you want to. Mm -hmm. If I want to change my life, I have to show up differently in it. And it began for me a process of healing and soul searching. 
because I also realized that along the way, I had done what was expected of me because I was trying to kind of fill a void of not enoughness. So my face to the world was, look, I have a great job. I have a great title, great family, a great husband. I'm doing okay. But inside there was always something that was questioning. And so I had to find love for myself and really get to know myself. I'd love to say that was an overnight journey. It was not. (laughs) Most journeys are not that quick. (laughs) It's like peeling an onion, like one little strip at a time, right? You have to just kind of step up and do the work. But slowly over time, I got to know who I was. And I was like, I kind of like this chick who was emerging really for the very first time in my lives. Like for some women, and I see with my clients, they're getting in touch with who they used to be. But for me, it was really kind of getting to know myself for the very, very first time. So interesting. Was there one thing I understand that you recognized you had to heal and you had to get to know yourself? But what I would have stayed in bed. <laughs> was <laughs> there one honest- thing? Was there a person, a book, something that helped you move through this? Yeah. And to be honest, I did stay in bed for a long time. Like I said, I threw myself a big old pity party for a long time. I couldn't do much. Like Even going to the grocery store was like a heroic effort. Like I could go to the store and I could get the groceries, but I didn't have enough energy to come home and put them away. So I would have to have a nap. I was really curtailed in what I could do. And so I was just like, okay, this is all I can do. And I just did what I thought I could. Right. But, you know, it was a bit of a process of feeling sorry for myself. And it was only when I got into more of a spiritual journey that I recognized or that it was told to me, everything in your life is a mirror of who you are. Mm -hmm. And when you change what's going on on the inside, you can change what's going on on the outside. And at that point, I had also come out of my marriage, got into another relationship, which was a complete disaster, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like a complete disaster, and really had me at the lowest of lows as to who I thought I was. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm really garbage because... So let me attract garbage. And it was at that point, I was like, okay, I'm literally attracting to me what's happening inside. And so then I started the process of bit by bit rebuilding that relationship with myself. So again, it wasn't overnight. And there were days where I'm like, I just can't face this. And I'm going to honor where I am. And today I'm just going to lie on the couch and watch TV all day because that's all I can muster. So it's not a linear journey either. right? No. And I think people listening, there are two points I wanted to make. One, you said you had a stress-related illness that knocked Mm. you off your feet, put you in bed, exhaustion, all that. I think women, especially in their 50s, could be rising to the top of their corporate ladder or their the yeah. pinnacle or of their work, their business ownership, or still have another 10 years. And so the go, 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 until it results in a stress-related illness, I just want people to listen. Step back if you feel like that little voice that Jennifer was talking about, you know, something's not right here. Is this all there is? Maybe there is a way to do it differently if you're not ready to stop oh. doing it. Yeah. So do you think you would have gotten as sick had you loved yourself more during the process of being that fabulous corporate exec? Yeah. If I had trusted myself and trusted those intuitive nudges, I probably wouldn't have gotten to that place. But I was um, very driven, very ambitious and used to like control, manipulate, push, just work harder and you can get what you want. When really what I needed more than anything was the opposite of that. And even at the very beginning when I wasn't working, and I was barely sleeping and I couldn't get out of bed most days. I still thought that like I was, like I said, I was an avid gym goer. I actually still thought I could go to the gym. And I had a trainer at the time and she fired me <laughs> as a client <laughs> because 
I went into the gym one morning and it, so this was like the last bit of my life. And I'm like, I can hang on to this bit of control. Like I can still do this thing. And I walked into the gym one morning and she said to me, I'm not doing this with you anymore. She's like, your body is clearly talking to you and you are not paying attention. And I can't participate. And I just remember being so angry at her. Like, how dare you? (laughs) Getting angry at our angels is not a good idea. Right. I had to go back to her several weeks later and be like, thank you. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Thank you. Because that really, if anything, that relatively small thing was a bit of a wake up call for me to say, oh, okay. Because looking back now, I see my body was talking to me for a very long time. But, you know, my body was this thing that held up my head. It didn't actually pay that much attention to what was happening. Mm-hmm. And so the messages were all there. I just, I was the kind of person who needed like the brick in the head to actually stop and pay attention. So had I not been forced to stop in my life, it might've gone on for a lot longer and who knows what would have happened, right? Yeah, absolutely. So from there to now helping other women have a kick-ass life, I'm mm-hmm. wondering, you talk about the ageism in the world and how we feel old. Because Mm -hmm. culturally, the message out there is we're old. At a certain age, we become suddenly overnight old. Was there any of that when you were trying to regain yourself, find yourself, learn to love yourself? Did you feel the pressures of now what am I going to do? I'm 50 and I'm starting over. Oh, my gosh. So huge. So when I got to the point where I was like, okay, you know. I have a lot more than I want to do in this life. Well, so first of all, in the big pity party, there was the who starts over at 50. I'm too old for this. Aren't I supposed to be riding off into the retirement sunset on the arm of a handsome man with a big pot of gold under my arm? Like, isn't that the way it's supposed to be? And I'm like, okay, that's not me right now. But that was the picture of what it meant to be a 50 year old woman. Right. Mm. And, you know, so at some point I thought, okay, there has to be women out there who have done this before. Like I cannot be the first person. So I started to search for inspiration. Where are all these amazing women, amazing things. And a lot of, like you said, culturally what was reflected back to me was not very inspiring. A lot of the messages were being irrelevant, overlooked, no longer is valuable. And then when you see it reflected back to you in media, it's like, cover up your gray hair, make sure that you have no wrinkles. Oh, here's some bladder leakage protection and some male repression shakes. And I was like, okay, wait a minute. All of those things are valuable and necessary, but it tells one tiny sliver of the story of what Mm -hmm. it means to be a 50 year old woman. Yes. And so as I started searching for that inspiration, I had to do some digging and I eventually came across women who were very, very inspiring. And that actually started the podcast for me. I'm like, if I need these stories, if I need this inspiration, then other women do too. And so I started, you know, having these amazing conversations with women. And even today, like I am so inspired by the conversations that I have with women on the podcast because there are so many incredible women and we need more of those messages to get into mainstream, right? Yeah, so agree. that there's something to balance the bladder leakage protection and meal replacement shakes <laughs> message. <laughs> and I love my podcast for the same reason. The conversations with mm. the women, and I've had a few men, but mostly it's women. First of all, the stories. I interviewed a woman who did a movie um, and she lets six, 60-year-old women tell their stories, beautifully done. And the point of the movie is that she had interviewed young people like, would you be interested in hearing this? And they're all totally interested because they want to hear what mm-hmm. has what our journeys have been. And yeah. even at 50, 60, 70, to hear women at your age having done similar or very different things is just heartening. It's like a community of we still matter. 
Yes, absolutely. So from a societal standpoint, maybe we don't fit the standard of beauty, but we are so much more than that. We are not our bodies. Like we are just not our bodies. It's got nothing to do with it. It's irrelevant. (laughs) Yeah, it's irrelevant. And most of the time we didn't use our bodies for the experience we gained. Some people may have been a model Mm -hmm. or a tennis athlete. But for most of us, our bodies were not the thing that got us where we are, didn't actually have anything to do with where we are. We used our minds, our hearts, our wisdom, our intuition, and we're Mm -hmm. still capable of doing those things. Right. Right. But the message from society is that women's usefulness basically is, are you physically pleasing to another person Mm -hmm. and your ability to bear children? And so when those two things are no longer in place, it's so easy for us to question where we fit in. And Mm -hmm. so we need those role models. We need to see other women stepping into the greatest time of their lives. Yeah. Right. Like they're done with the families. Maybe they're shifting careers and relationships and they're just like owning themselves in a way like they never have before. And there's just so much beauty and power in that. Yeah, there really is. So when I think about what it takes to own who we are at this age, one of the words on your website, you have clarity, connection and courage. Mention connection. I think that's super important. I want to move to the courage piece because for some women who have never been recognized for anything outside of the mothering, the keeping the house together, which are super valuable. But they, like you said, you didn't know who you were outside of those roles. Mm -hmm. What do you say to people that don't really know what to think about themselves? How do you think differently about yourself? So we have all been conditioned to see ourselves in a certain way. So whether it's childhood, the messages that we got growing up, the messages that have been reflected back to us from our culture. And because of all of that, we have stories. We believe things about ourselves that for the most part are not true. Like Mm -hmm. I'm no good at math. I can't do this. I'm too old for that. I whatever. And so we've created the stories. And one of the first things that I get women to do is to check their stories. Mm. Because, I mean, I came into it with, well, I can only earn money doing this. Like, I can only be that. And the reality is none of that is true. Those are the conditioned thoughts that we have. And so, it's a lot of mindset work to kind of unprogram and reprogram yourself. And I always tell women that your story really is telling is the key to where you need to go next, because I truly believe that life has set us up perfectly for where we need to go. So, if you look back through through your experience, you will find common threads there that'll be like, oh, this is the part that I love. This is the part that I'm really good at. Now, how can I turn that into something else? Mm -hmm. And so it really is about establishing that belief. And we all have fears and limiting beliefs, every single solitary person on this planet. And it's a natural and normal human thing. But the truth is, is that none of that is actually true. Those are just what we believe. And when we Mm -hmm. change those beliefs, we can change so much about our own experience. Absolutely. And all of this owning yourself, owning who you are and who you want to become, even if you're not exactly sure what it looks like for the next chapter, touches every area of life. You can be great in one area, but I think you have to change the way you're doing everything if you change the core of who you are. Yeah. Right? Because you were saying about that relationship that was a disaster is because you were not anywhere near in your power. So you attracted somebody that was either going to like that you were not in your power or diminish you for not being in your power. I don't know how it went, but the point I'm trying to make is it's not enough to say I'm going to change in one area. Yeah. Would you agree? 
A hundred percent, because really, and you just said this, like you are literally changing the core of who you are. I call midlife the gateway to authenticity, because this is the part where anything that is not aligned with who we are at our core truth is going to start falling away or is going to rub, it's going to feel uncomfortable, right? And it's for us to pay attention to those messages. So for me, my life very, very clearly told me the universe was like, no, no, sister, this path is not for you any longer. We need to redirect you. And to redirect you, unfortunately, we have to bring you to your knees. <laughs> I don't recommend that that's the way for everybody. There's much easier ways to do it. So this is the thing. As women, we become very disconnected from ourselves. We're so busy doing things for our families, being a good daughter, being a good mother, being a good career woman, whatever it might be, that we put ourselves last on our list. And somewhere along the way, we become incredibly disconnected. And all of the answers that we are searching for exist within us. And you can't search for them outside of yourself. And so coming back through that process of authenticity and really connecting deeply with who you are as the person inside, like not what you do, not your title or the role that you play, but who you are. That's how you find the answer to that question because it's in there. It, I, I've seen it so many times now and you just have to start, like I said, start peeling back the layers and then you're like, oh, this is who I am and this is what I love. Right? Yeah. 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 I have clients, you may have clients also that are nearing, I'm going to air quotes, retirement age, 60, mm-hmm. mid, early 60, 65. Yeah. And a couple of women I was speaking to the other day, they don't want to retire because they don't know what to do next. They're only sticking out the thing, not even for the money, just because. And so I'm thinking, what advice would you give somebody who just is staying with a job because they really don't want to face what's up the head because they don't have a clue to how to design it? Well, you can stay in denial for only so long (laughs) before you have to face the thing, first of all. So it's coming. And then it's the same thing that I say to all of the women who come to me and they're like, I'm stuck. Like, I don't know what to do next. And the first thing I say to all of them is to stop doing First of all, Mm. literally stop doing. And I don't mean like lie on the couch and binge watch Game of Thrones for weeks on end. I mean, carve out little chunks of time, if that's what it takes to start, to just be with yourself. And it could be as simple as, I'm going to take five minutes and stare at the window while I have my coffee this morning or sit with a journal, but like find ways to be with yourself and Mm -hmm. find things that you love to do. In my process of coming back to myself, one day I felt compelled to write. I had never really written anything and I started writing and I was like, wow, I really enjoyed this. So I started doing more of it. Then I felt really drawn to nature. So every day I would go for a really short 10 minute walk in the forest and wow, this feels really good. And the more that I did things that just felt good to me, the more I could settle into myself. Hmm. But previous to that, like my whole focus was well, it's not productive. I need to be doing something for somebody somewhere. And again, I was very at the very, very bottom of my list. And so when I was pulled up short, it was like, okay, well, who am I? What do I want? What do I even like? I don't even know, right? It's finding those small things. And as you settle into yourself, the answers to those questions start coming to you. Mm. But we have to create the space for them. And we're usually so busy that we just can't hear it. Do you think that there's some truth I've heard psychologists say more in the personal development world, that when you finally give yourself that time to just be and explore nature, whatever, you might find that things that you wanted to be as a kid or that you loved as a child, that kind of got pushed away, busied away, come back and you might find your joy there. 100%. So I have this guy called Five Steps to Becoming Unstuck to Create Your Kick-Ass Next Chapter. And one of the steps in that is dare to dream. We need to allow ourselves to just 
daydream. Like what's a perfect day for me? What am I doing? What does it look like? Who am I with? What am I saying? And play with those thoughts. Because as kids, we did it all the time. And most of the time we were told, come back, you got work to do, stop wasting time. And then we got out of the habit of it. And so this is the perfect time of life to like allow yourself to daydream, like create images. As you're sitting in that five minutes, having your cup of coffee, picture yourself doing something you absolutely love to do. Because once you start doing that, it starts opening up pathways. It's clues to who you are, things that you want to do. And the answers are all there. Like they're literally there. And sometimes you just have to stop long enough to let them come in. Yeah, so I 100%. You had never written much before. You tried it. You liked it. It's that simple. Loved it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really exactly that simple. It. Yeah. And then, for example, I've always loved the water. And so I started to go to the lake all the time and just like mm. sit and stare at the lake, which then turned into me buying a, buying a paddleboard. And now one of my favorite things to do is to go and sit out on my paddleboard in the middle of the lake. It's the place where ideas come to me. It's completely refreshing. So now I know that those are the things that fill me up, that bring me back to myself. So when I am feeling disconnected, my first thing is to go to nature, like go into the forest, go to the woods, sit for some meditation if I can't do those things. But I have those pockets because we live in a world that it's so easy. Like we've got a million pieces of information flying at us all the time, demands of us. It's so easy to fall back into that pattern of doing for everything else and leaving yourself behind. And now I'm experienced enough at it that I feel the disconnection. <laughs> And I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, now I know I need to go back and refill my cup, right? Or you have an awareness of, of that now. Yeah. yeah. That's the mind-body connection, right? Mm -hmm. To be aware of like, oh, my body's telling me right now. <laughs> yeah. And it seems like building a habit of listening. As you started to build your life back, you had to check in, check in almost every day, I'm sure. Every day. Yeah. Some days it would be five minutes. Some days it would be 20 minutes. But building the practice of checking in with myself before I did anything is probably the most important thing anybody can do. You have a mastermind, a group program. Tell me what the name of that is. It's Got called it. the Midlife Kickstarter Mastermind. What happens during the mastermind and how long is it? So the mastermind is a three-month program, and then there's options for more than that. But I am a huge believer in the power of community and teamwork. It's funny because that's one of the things that I, in my corporate life, is one of the things that I love. I would bring teams together and build projects. And I'm like, oh, look at what I'm doing now. Very similar. <laughs> so it's an intimate group of eight women who come together. Often women come to me because they are feeling stuck. They know they want something different for their life, but they don't know what it is. And so together, we go through the process of figuring out what that is. So getting the clarity you talked about, the connection with themselves, and then stepping forward into the thing that they want. And the power of doing it in a group is women will come into this group and they'll say things like, I've always wanted to do this, but isn't that really silly? <laughs> and then the other women reflect back to them and go, I think that's the most beautiful thing, right? And then it starts to build their courage, but often they've never said it out loud before. Mm. And so having a group of women where who can hold your belief when you don't believe it, who can reflect back to you who you are, because we can't see ourselves objectively, mm -hmm. right? And who can support you. So there's a Facebook group as well, where we share successes, challenges, where we're feeling stuck. So I definitely teach lessons about how to become unstuck and how to connect with yourself. And that's important. But I think the most important part is you know, the community of women that come together to share those experiences and build off each other. I do hot seat coaching within those groups. And, you know, one woman will come with a problem or an issue and it will resonate with four other women who are like, 
oh, I'm feeling the same thing, but I didn't quite know how to articulate it. And so the beauty of that is it gives me goosebumps because just watching women, especially midwife women supporting each other is so ridiculously powerful. And the things that they create on the other side of it are mind-blowing. I had a woman who is an insurance agent who is now creating and selling Indigenous art. Another woman who was a beauty sales rep who now runs a charity for underprivileged women and women with cancer about helping them beautify themselves. So things like that, where mm -hmm. these women come in with saying, I don't know what it is. And when you start to peel back the, the layers, they do know what it is. They're just afraid to say it because afraid that they are not big enough for it. <laughs> Exactly. The fear of yeah. failure, and I hate to be cliche, but we fear that we're going to set ourselves on fire and then it's all going to fizzle out and everybody oh. will have seen us and then they'll say, we told you so, you're too old, whatever. I think yeah. to everybody listening, you need to just forget about that conversation and get it out of your head. Every yeah. single day, more women are starting businesses after the age of 50 this year than ever before. And I want to say something about the group dynamic. I love running groups and I have been in groups as a client participant. The thing about it, it's weird, but when you join a group after you've decided this is for me, it's speaking to me, I want to be in this group, somehow the energy of the group is lovely and it comes together in this one cohesive unit. It's just crazy, right? Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that like I personally, and I still do it today, I will always have a coach mentor and I will always be part of a mastermind group because it's so easy when you're alone to discount your thoughts and to not take action. And as soon as you get in the group and then you express something and now you're like, oh, I have to deliver people. I yeah. said it out loud. Sometimes it's like the little kick in the butt that you need yeah. to take that next step forward. Absolutely. Right. And yeah, like you said, the, the energy of support and community is really what carries you through. Because again, like, you know, when you're by yourself and the fear thoughts pop up, you just turn on the TV and there you go. <laughs> mm -hmm. Open right? up the ice cream or the glass or open of up wine the ice cream, or... pour a glass of wine. Yeah, like whatever it Never is. Together, right? though, wine and ice cream. Yeah. No, 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 definitely not. <laughs> and then the beauty of also sometimes in a mastermind, I have one mastermind that I belong to. Maybe I want to say ten years ago. In those days, people got together physically three times a yeah. year in this year-long program. I still have two women that I'm so close to from ten years ago. One lives in New York, one lives in California. It doesn't matter. We still get in touch. We make sure we honor each other's birthdays and say hello and support yeah. launches. And it just, you know, and it wasn't all of the people in the mastermind, but I got two really great friends. And it's yeah. not easy to make friends after 50. It might not surprise anybody to hear me say that. You, yeah. you know, we're in different situations. We're not taking, dropping the kids off at school and not going to soccer games to maybe work. So if you can find a group that feels resonant with you, you're likely to be surprised at how strong the ties can become. Yeah, I, I echo that sentiment. Some of my best friends have been people that I have been in groups with. Yeah. Because sometimes your closest friends, you know, the people, the friends that I've had for 30 years, and I like, I love them to death, but they're not on the same page as me about some of this stuff. And so yeah. it's hard to have those conversations and get that support. And it's not because they don't want to, right? Like maybe they just don't have the same experience. But when you bring like-minded women together, to be able to share those common experiences, it's what lifts you up. Like we cannot do it alone. I honestly believe we cannot do it alone. I, I totally agree. So before you go, I want you to define your version of a kick-ass life. A kick-ass life can be anything, whether it's your career or whatever it is, but something that lights you up, that you feel passionate and excited about. You don't wake up dreading the day or feeling bored and disconnected, like that you have passion and excitement for. 
when I left my corporate career, that was the one thing I said is like, whatever I do next, I need to be passionate about it. I mm-hmm. want that feeling of excitement about my life mm-hmm. and that anything that doesn't suit you, you can minimize because sometimes we can't get rid of it completely. Right. But that we're living a life that is so truly aligned with who we are, that it just lights us up. And for some women, that's expressing their artistic side. For other women, it's starting a business or, you know, championing a cause that's valuable to them. For other women, it could be spending more time with their grandkids. It doesn't really matter what it is. But as long as it's aligned with the truth of who you are and you find yourself saying yes more than you're saying no, then that to me is a kick-ass next chapter. I love it. Whatever lights you up. So tell the listeners your website, please. So my website is old chicks, no shit. And that's K N O W shit.com. I'm also on all of the social media as old chicks, no shit as well too. So Instagram and Facebook. I also have a free Facebook group of the same name. And I also have the old chicks, no shit podcast. And people could find you, get to know you a little bit better in your Facebook group, the free group. Yeah, absolutely. It's a free group. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, well, yeah, I have learned from you, Jennifer, and I appreciate what you're giving the world after you've come through your difficult time. It's super important. We need more people that are lit on fire by what they do every day. In this world. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It was a really fun conversation. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Okay. Be well and peeps. I'll be back next week with another fabulous guest. before you go peeps i was just wondering if we are connected on social media if not let's do that you can find me on instagram at rebelwell50 same on twitter facebook it's rebellious wellness over 50 and hey don't be a stranger comment let me know what you'd like to hear about on the podcast or what questions you have about aging better and living rebelliously 